Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I don't know whether this program will be airing uh, a couple weeks, perhaps, after Veterans Day, but right now it is on the verge of Veterans Day, practically. And as such, I'm going to be speaking about our Commander-in-Chief, commenting on some of his activities. He's currently over in what used to be known as the Orient. He is making an Asian trip of sorts. He was in South Korea and then on to communist China, then Vietnam, communist Vietnam, then the Philippines before returning to the United States of America. Veterans Day is a day to celebrate, to commemorate those who have fought, sacrificed, given of themselves that this nation may exist, that it may continue, that it may endure. And as such, those who have fallen while serving this nation, who have fallen in battle, or who have died after having been wounded, have succumbed to their wounds, their injuries, They are especially honored, but the honor is for all of those who have served, who have fought for this nation. Now, there are veterans who have never seen action, never seen battle until very, very, very recently. The only women that died, that were injured, while in the military were those who were serving as nurses or perchance involved with ROTC and or were piloting cargo aircraft or something like that. You wouldn't know it from what we are told. You wouldn't know it from what the children, the young people, the young adults are systematically indoctrinated with. And our commander-in-chief takes his place among those great propagandists and indoctrinators. I think without malice aforethought, just with stupidity and foolishness, but perhaps, perhaps there's malice, I don't think so. But for instance, in his remarks to the South Korean National Assembly, and as such to all of the people of Asia and all of the people of the world. He said the following, America's men and women in uniform have given their lives in the fight against Nazism, imperialism, communism, and terrorism. 
Let me just repeat that. Quote, America's men and women in uniform, in uniform, mind you, have given their lives in the fight against Nazism, imperialism, communism, and terrorism, end quote. Uh, The quote, of course, did not include the, uh, mind you. (laughs) But it's a fascinating take on the military history of the United States of America. Fascinating to learn that American women in uniform gave their lives in the fight against imperialism in World War I, Nazism and communism, Nazism being in World War II because, of course, World War II, in addition to imperialism, World War II, we were not fighting against the communists. We were allies with the communists. And then against communism in the Korean War, in the Vietnam War. Fascinating. It's a lie, of course. It's misinformation. It's propaganda. It's indoctrination. But what should one expect, after all, from our commander-in-chief? Interesting, too, to be saying this over there in South Korea before he moved on to communist China, where, of course, we are best friends with most favored nation China, communist China, not to be confused with Taiwan, which we have shunned for decades and which the president got himself in a brouhaha, got himself in trouble for even acknowledging Taiwan here a while ago. And also here again with reference to us having lost men and women fighting against communism before he then descends to Vietnam, to communist Vietnam, which purportedly is in conflict with communist China, which is really funny because the reason communist Vietnam exists is because of communist China which I have commented on many times. In addition to then-communist Russia, namely the Soviet Union, all of those communist regimes in the one super-regime. President Trump was preceded by South Korean National Assembly Speaker Chun, who I thought delivered excellent speech up until he said the following. He said that President Trump was the leader of the world. He introduced President Donald Trump as the leader of the world. Now, I'm sure many people do not have a problem with that. I know many people do have a problem with that, but I also expect that many people don't have a problem with that. 
when presidents of the United States of America, previous to our current president, have been lauded as leaders of the world, they have typically been referenced to as being the leader of the free world. Referred to as the leader of the free world. That's, that's a typical reference. But, of course, the people of France, the people of Britain, people of Germany, people of so many other nations of the free world, Italy, Israel, Switzerland, Netherlands, the Scandinavian nations, what have you, I'm sure take some umbrage with that, you know, as far as also in Canada, Australia, whatever, the United Kingdom or the Commonwealth and so forth, would, you know, maybe that would just be a bit of a burr under the saddle as far as that the president of the United States seemingly has a lock on that title, the leader of the free world. Well, here... Here, the National Assembly Speaker Chun expanded on that and conferred upon President Trump the title of the leader of the world, which some people may view as a reference to something akin to the New World Order. And <laughs> I... Uh, Perhaps it's uh, an unintentioned, uh, prescient reference to that. But he was followed by the president, the president who said some things that were worth saying and that were deserving of being said with regard to South Korea and its history and the Korean Peninsula and the Korean people. And that they were one people, but two worlds, if you will, worlds apart. That as recently as the Korean War, these two portions of Korea were equivalent economically. You would never know it now. How many of the extreme leftists in academia, academia which is rife with extreme leftists, socialists, communists, fascists, who are also leftists, contrary to what they would have us believe, how many of them routinely make extremely scathing remarks about the Dark Ages? You know, the reason that the Dark Ages were the Dark Ages was religion, was Christianity. Well, first of all, the Dark Ages weren't all that dark. But if you want to find the really darkest of Dark Ages, 
Look to North Korea. Look to any place that communism has enslaved the peoples. And you will find dark, dark ages. Spiritually dark because of the war waged against Christianity and Jewry. But darkness in every sense, enslavement, oppression, persecution, vicious, ruthless, sadistic persecution. But I'm not going to go through all of the president's speech by any means. But another paragraph in his speech, he stated the following, Today I hope I speak not only for our countries, that is for South Korea and the United States of America, but for all civilized nations, when I say to the North, that is to North Korea, the North Korean communist regime of Kim Jong-un, when I say to the North, do not underestimate us and do not try us, we will defend our common security, our shared prosperity, and our sacred liberty. So he hopes that he's speaking for a vast coalition of all free nations. Not out there on his own, you know, not just U.S. and South Korea. He hopes that he has the support, the active agreement, enthusiastic backing and support of all free nations, a vast, grand coalition or confederation. And then later, a paragraph later, he made that statement that America's men and women in uniform have given their lives in the fight against Nazism, imperialism, communism, and terrorism. Nazism and imperialism in World War II, imperialism in World War I, communism in Korean War and Vietnam War, among others, to name a few, to to name several, pardon me. He stated that North Korea is not the paradise your grandfather envisioned. It is a hell that no person deserves. I found it fascinating that the major media elites who for all of their myriad faults are not stupid. Okay, not stupid. But you would think they were stupid because they chose to print remarks by North Korean people that were put out there to them, given to them to make responses to this. Of course, free people, you know, who just freely speak. The North Korean people are terrorized by the regime. 
And they are not going to speak if there is a chance that it could result in their being, oh, I don't know, sent off to the gulag along with their whole family, executed on the spot, you know, little things like that, hardly worth mentioning, starved to death, again, with their whole extended family. And yet, here, the major media elites, they went ahead and they printed remarks by these free North Korean people that lashed out at President Trump. Now, admittedly, they could safely do that. But did it never, ever, ever occur to them that these were stooges that were being presented to them as common men, common women? Again, it goes back to when Billy Graham and his wife Ruth went to North Korea as guests, guests of the vicious, ruthless, monstrous, sadistic, satanic, communist Kim regime back when. And they took the little VIP guided tour of a Protestant church and a Catholic church. They failed to note that the congregations of both were one and the same. It never occurred to them that maybe they were being played, that there was less than no freedom of religion in North Korea, that little children as young as two years of age were used to spy on their families to see if anybody had a black book. And those who did were sent to their gulags, to their concentration camps, were executed or merely frozen, starved, and worked to death with hard labor. Raped and murdered and what have you. But it never occurred to the Grahams that they could possibly be being used as stooges and mouthpieces by this regime. Remarkably. Remarkable given the nature of communism. Remarkable given the history of North Korea. So I guess I shouldn't really be that hard on the major media here because compared to what Billy and Ruth Graham did, this is is child's play here. This is extremely minor. But... Nonetheless, it got my attention. Something else that I would like to reference, but that one remark about, you know, again, that I hope that I'm speaking for all free nations, that was in the hardest of remarks by the president, supposedly, as far as you know, giving North Korea an ultimatum, do not try us, and so on and so forth. Well, the president, the White House, puts out a communication on a daily basis, and it's called 1600... Oh, what is it? Is it 1600... Pennsylvania, 
whatever it is. I'm not sure that that's the correct title for what they put out. But it is a, you could say, gives a positive spin to events of the president, of his comings and goings, of what the White House, what the president's administration is focused on at that point in time, what they are, you know, especially desiring to make known to the American people. And from the notes from the White House here of today, oh, and it's 1600 daily. I I knew Pennsylvania didn't sound right, even though that's the address, but Pennsylvania Avenue, but it's 1600 daily. So from 1600 daily, it says the following president Trump in China. And now I'm skipping down to the middle of the paragraph. It says president Trump and president Xi Jinping discussed ways that the United States and China can continue to apply pressure on North Korea and strengthen the international resolve to denuclearize the regime entirely. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment, but then it goes on to say, furthermore, President Trump stressed to President Xi that China's unfair trade practices and America's massive trade deficit with China is not sustainable and highlighted the Trump administration's determination to defend America's economic interests. So, President Trump and Melania, they had tea with President Xi Jinping and Madame Peng Liwan and a tour of the Forbidden City and a viewing of an opera performance in the evening. And the president of the U.S. of A. and the president, again, they've adopted that name, that title. It's so much more appealing to we in the West, so much more democratic, isn't it, than chairman? (laughs) I don't know why. They're chairmans of the board and so forth, but, you know, Chairman Mao. But President Trump and President, President Xi discussed ways that the United States and China, communist China, bloody red communist China, can continue to apply pressure on North Korea. What a joke. What a pathetic joke. Now, one of two things. Either this is just a complete misrepresentation of what the president thinks, or the president actually believes that communist China has been applying pressure on North Korea, or it's just a bald-faced lie. I don't know. Take your pick. They're all good, right? No right answer, no wrong answer, just... (laughs) 
North Korea, the North Korean regime exists because of communist China and because of the former communist Soviet Union. And it is a satellite state, a puppet state, a bloody satanic communist regime. President Trump did refer to Christians suffering in North Korea. But they were just thrown into the hopper along with all of the North Korean people, essentially. There has been an all-out attempt to annihilate, to exterminate, Christians and Christianity from the face of North Korea as from the face of the earth. The same in spirit, exactly the same in spirit as the attempts to annihilate, to exterminate all Jewry from Israel engaged in committed by the Islamists. Going back to 1948. In both of these cases, you'll find that it's not just antagonism towards Christianity and Jewry. It is absolute, unremitting, bloodlust hatred. And the work of these regimes from the top down to accomplish these ends. But then it was the goal of Muhammad to annihilate all Christians and Jews, to eliminate and abolish Christianity and Jewry. And the same with regard to the likes of such outstanding leaders of socialism and communism and fascism as Joseph Stalin, again a pseudonym, Adolf Hitler, and the list goes on. President Trump is departing Beijing, People's Republic of China, tonight en route to Da Nang, Vietnam. And President Trump will attend a gala dinner and cultural performance in Vietnam. Now, forgive me for taking offense at this. But I took offense at it back way back when, when Richard 
Milhouse, Nixon, clinked champagne glasses or whatever they were, champagne flutes there with Chairman Mao and his wonderful wife, who was a devil woman. She would have fit right in with American politics. I took offense at that. I took offense at our peace with honor that betrayed the American soldiers, that betrayed the brave, valiant, valorous, courageous South Korean soldiers and their families and their loved ones, betrayed our servicemen who were being held prisoners of war. And along with that peace with honor, the president of the free world, President Nixon, socialized with, celebrated with Chairman Mao. Much time has passed since then. Decades and decades, during which Americans who were held prisoner of war and were never released suffered terribly. During which South Korean families were massacred by the communists. Monstrous mass murder on a huge scale. Oh, but we left peace with honor there, right? We capitulated to communist China and to the Soviet Union. Who were responsible for enabling the Viet Cong to come out of that with a victory, with triumph and to enslave the whole of Vietnam. And now the president, our current president, conservative president, supposedly, where they dreamt that up. But anyway, he now goes over to Vietnam. Now many, many veterans of the Vietnam War have returned to Vietnam, including various politicians and so forth. But here, President Trump will attend a gala dinner and cultural performance. Because after all, communism is synonymous with culture. Really does the soul good. Really warms the cockles of one's heart to hear these things. So after the president's visit in Vietnam again, he will then visit the Philippines. The Philippines, who have a rough, tough, incredibly politically incorrect president, who is engaged in leading a fight for the survival of the Philippines against the Islamists and the communists. And yet, Anything that I see that comes out news-wise from the Philippines 
always damns the president of the Philippines. Remarkable. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done, in case you missed the introduction. And again, whatever happens to be true and praiseworthy in this program is thanks to my Lord and King and God, God Almighty is Christ, Jesus Christ. And whatever's wrong, that's me. That is all me, whatever's wrong. This idea that the United States of America is like-minded, is seeking the same goals, the same objectives as communist China. As communist Vietnam. As the Russian Federation. Is beyond bizarre. Again, the only possible explanations are this, of this, pardon me, are that, first of all, this is being communicated as a lie, <laughs> a total lie, that our president and his administration and the congressional leadership and what have you, that they actually believe this. Okay, it's just they, they know otherwise, but they're just lying through their teeth. Okay, you know. Or they believe it, in which case they are deluded, preposterously stupid, Ignorant beyond belief, foolish to the most extreme degree. I don't know. I'm sure there are some other possibilities there. But Vladimir Putin's Russian Federation is his own... little dictatorship that just happens to engulf the largest country in the world. And which certainly has been suffering various challenges economically and what have you. And yet, he has greatly, greatly enhanced, increased, modernized the military abilities of his regime, the military readiness of his regime. And he's engaging in all manner of interesting activities, such as the recent assassination of a woman in Ukraine. This woman is actually from Chechnya. She's a Chechen woman. 
And she was a combat medic and press officer with Ukraine's Kiev 2 police battalion. She was assassinated a short distance outside of Kiev, Ukraine, very recently by, who do you imagine, but uh, who were attempting to assassinate she and her husband. Her husband survived, at least he is, he was surviving as of the end of October. But this was deep in the heart of Ukraine. This is not where the Russian Federation's I don't know what to call them, Russian forces, or are we going to call them Ukrainian forces, or what you know, whatever. They're in those separatist proxy parts of Ukraine where they are located and where there has been great amount of combat. Instead, this was in the heart of Ukraine. And this woman and her husband were targeted for assassination, and she was murdered. Again, her husband survived. But this is just one of those things that go on all the time. This is not a a once-in-a-blue-moon occurrence. The people, the opponents of Putin that have been assassinated over the past many years, it's just a litany of murders, of assassinations, all of which lead directly back to the Kremlin and to Vladimir Putin. But that's who he is. That's what he is. He was, after all, the chief operating officer of the KGB and then of the GRU. Oh, but he's a president, right? He's a president, so that's democratic, right? Well, the Russian Federation, that's democratic, like uh, like one of those old... Labor unions headed up by Jimmy Hoffa, you know, really democratic, you know, as in gangsters and so forth. Well, then there's communist China, the communist Chinese regime, the communist Vietnamese regime that persecute and oppress. Christians that target Christians, that target Christian churches, that use all manner of guises and excuses to hide behind while they monstrously abuse and persecute the Christian church. One, because they hate. God, they hate Christ, they hate Christianity, but also they fear faith in God. They fear Christianity 
Because Christians that are truly Christians, not just in name only, but truly Christians, their allegiance, their loyalty, their devotion, their love is to their Lord and God first and foremost. And they obey God rather than man when man's ways, man's laws are in conflict with God's word. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's what Christians are supposed to do. That's not typical of Christians, at least not in the United States of America. Dear old Vladimir Putin, he recently personally launched four ballistic missiles, four intercontinental ballistic missiles. And he loves, ah, he loves these shows, these demonstrations of power, of strength, of decisive action and leadership. I can't blame him. I can't blame him. It's great theater. But is that really all it is? You know, going back a short time, Iran had their great parade, their display of their most recent state-of-the-art missiles. And within a day, They did test launches of rockets. Oh, rockets which can reach Israel. Rockets which can take nuclear warheads to Israel, among other places. Rockets which could be used to fire nuclear warheads down upon American troops over there. In the Middle East. But these particular parades have been a hallmark of communism. If you go back to the Soviet Union, those parades that they had displaying their great armaments. And you see that in the Islamist nations. And you see that with communist China. You see that with communist regimes. You see it. And it is not just for display. Even though it is for display. You could call it saber rattling. You could refer to it any number of ways. But you know that old saw about Where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, no, sometimes there's just smoke, right? It can be smoke and mirrors. But more often than not, where there's smoke, there's fire. Or where there's smoke, there has been fire. Where there's smoke, there's a building growing fire. Or there's just about to be an eruption of fire. Vladimir Putin is not a stupid man. He's not an ignorant man. He's not a weak man. 
He is a clever, devious man, cunning and shrewd. And he has very definite aims, objectives, and goals. I don't fault him for, I don't blame him for wanting to restore a sense of a national pride to Russia. Not at all. But his goals and objectives go far beyond that. Meanwhile, communist China has its own objectives. And they are not antithetical to those of Russia. Here in the West, but particularly in the grand old U.S. of A., we have continually been told, one way or another, directly or indirectly, that Russia and China are in opposition to one another. They're opponents. But as I've mentioned before, the opposition there, the conflict there, while there is something to that, you have to liken it to organized crime families that are competing with one another. And sometimes they are competing for the same turf. Sometimes they're not the best of friends. Sometimes they are arch enemies. Sometimes they are bloodletting one another. But then, other times, they may join forces against a common enemy. Russia, previously the Soviet Union, now the Russian Federation, and communist China, which supposedly now is capitalist China, communist China. They, along with puppet regime North Korea, satellite Vietnam, Laos, Pakistan, Iran, Cuba, and so forth are dedicated first and foremost to the utter vanquishing of the United States of America and the West, which relies upon the United States of America. And they use hook and crook. They use deception. They use deceit. They use guile. And even though their centralized planning of the past may leave something to be desired economically and agriculturally, it can be very effective. One advantage of the centralized form of government is meshing these various different actors or parties into a cohesive battlefront, if you will. They 
also share something else important besides their communist history and their hatred for the United States of America and freedom and Christianity. But they share more than that. They share a long time frame. Instead of the attention deficit disorder frame of mind of so much of the West, so many in leadership in the West, whether it's corporate leadership or political leadership, they take a very, very, very long view in the East. And their goals and their objectives do not vary from quarter to quarter, from year to year, from election cycle to election cycle. They stay consistent over decades upon decades upon decades upon decades. Their tactics may vary. But their ultimate goals and objectives remain steadfast. Now, after the dust settles, after they've achieved their goal, if they have their way, if they succeed, then, then they can get back to fighting one another. Over this turf and that turf and so on and so forth. But they are wise enough to know that even though they have a fair share of pride, they are wise enough to know that the only way that they can succeed is as they are united against the United States of America even as President Trump desires the support, the backing, all of that, of this vast Western coalition and coalition of free nations. And, of course, he's including dear old Putin's Russian Federation in that coalition. And I think he's he's including communist China in that great federation, (laughs) confederation. It's beyond unbelievable. But so many in the highest positions of leadership in this nation and throughout the Western world do believe that, do believe that, that Russia and China, in fact, in point of fact, uh, they desire the same things we desire, you know, prosperity, peace, so on and so forth, economic development. And so you see that with Brazil and South Africa. It's eluding me what the other one is that's joined in there with Russia and China. But it's a complete, utter fiction. The only thing, I'm leaving out act of God, an actual act of God, not something less than that, but barring miraculous deliverance from God, The only thing that's going to interfere with the plans and purposes of these actors of 
communist China and Russian Federation and so forth, cohorts, is the actual master planners who are only using them, manipulating them, and who intend to have worldwide regime for themselves without any leadership position for communist China or the Russian Federation, but instead to have a fascist regime, a second coming of the Roman Empire, or a third or fourth or whatever you want to call it, Fourth Reich, Fifth Reich. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.